All right, it's uh, Sunday, October 22nd, and we are back. Back in charge. Back. Large and in charge? Large and in charge. And can we, I wanted to say something right off the bat. Okay. I definitely want to talk about Batman versus Superman today. I'm gonna. I'm just kidding. I promise I won't bring it up once. Yeah, I was actually gonna start this thing asking if there was anything you wanted to get off your chest, i.e., BVS or anything BVS. No, related. I promise I won't bring it up this week. All right. So okay. are you ready to do this for let's, real now? Let's do it. Sunday night podcast. Go. All right, so tonight, Chris, I have a goal in mind. Yes. I am going to try to not use the word like in support of you because I listened to last week mm-hmm. and it was terrible. What do you mean? We, the like count on last week was, it was like, well, see, it's, it's like an adjective. We're, yes, it is. You know, that's twice now. Okay, we have someone counting. How many, how, many, how many times did I say like last week? Um, yeah, I didn't get an accurate count. It's hard. I'm trying right you now. You say it a lot too. It's not just me. Uh, no, I know. I'm saying both of us, it was, it was bad. So I'm going to make a very. Let's make know. a concerted effort to use the English language correctly. Yes. Yes. What Let's about pretend th- like we were on Judge Judy where she corrects you all the time when you say things like axe. Okay. And shit like that. You better axe somebody. You bet. No, you no. Shut up. That's what she says. <laughs> you mean ask? Yes. Fuck, Judy. Relax. <laughs> Judge Judy. Judy Shinelin. I love her, actually. Yes, yes. I have to be honest. When I U-cruise... Okay. Why don't we define U-cruise? U-cruise U-cruise is, means what? Uh, it's when you just go from video to video. You yeah. just... You get lost on YouTube. Yeah. Which like, you do quite often. I, that's kind of my way of, of just escaping the mundaneness of, of the day. Yeah. So... Just uh, one of the things I've been watching a lot of lately is Hardcore Pawn. Have you heard of this show? (laughs) Hardcore Pawn? Have you heard of it? It's so staged. It's really staged. It's totally staged. It's it's like the fakest ass reality show ever, but (laughs) it gets you through, man. If you you have like a nine-hour flight to to, to, to just kill through, it's flying to Australia, watch Hardcore Pawn. (laughs) (laughs) I find it's pretty good, though. Um, I've noticed that you can find quite a few full television shows on YouTube. Like, uh, oh, there's another one. Uh, Hotel Hell, Gordon Ramsay. Hotel and, Hell. Uh, yeah, Kitchen Nightmares, Gordon Ramsay. All I, Gordon Ramsay, you can just find the entire show. Yeah, well, Gordon Ramsay's quite good. Um, I also watch uh, Sopranos reruns and The Wire. On YouTube. Like, it's not, sorry, it's not reruns. It's more like segments of, like, the best of The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, you can, you, you can really find anything on YouTube. Sometimes I'll you, I'll you cruise and I'll be like, oh, shit, I said, like, I know. It's impossible. I know. Shit. Anyway, sometimes I will. I have to, like, pretend like I'm just learning English. (laughs) I know. Like, I'm an immigrant from, like, Italy. I know. Sometimes I use YouTube to watch videos, and I will. I will get lost in multiple segments of shows that are summarized (laughs) in, like, compilation videos. Yeah. You know, so... uh, Oh, I almost did like there. I know. I, I'll I'll go Sopranos, best of Sopranos season six, and it'll pop up a compilation video, which is the best bits. And that's all you want to see, right? Yeah, I want to see like Phil Leotardo die and Tony with his AK forty seven or whatever, and the war between New York and New Jersey. Like it, it'll just condense all of it, give you the Coles notes, the blinkest version. Spoiler of the alerts. Yeah. So, 
So anyway, um, we're going to spring something on you right now. We have another guest with us. Oh, yes, we do. I thought you were going to sp- I thought you were going to stage an intervention there for a second. No, oh, no. Okay. We do have another guest with us. Actually, we have two guests, really. Technically, yes, we have two guests. We yes. have First of all, let's introduce Jacob. Ga- G- Jacob. <laughs> I almost called him Jacob. It's because I'm trying not to use like. So I know. I'm, I'm 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 mining over everything that comes out of my mouth. I know, I know, I know. We have Jacob Fergus. Who we call Gus. We call him Gus. We called him Gus for a very long time. Now I'm gonna spring something on Gus right now. Say hello, Gus. What's up, everybody? Uh so I'm gonna spring something on you. We we actually talked about you quite extensively on we the do. podcast last week. Yep. Have you listened to it? I have not. Yeah, I know. Thanks probably, for being a fan, for, you probably for that fucking reason. asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we did speak about you last week, mm-hmm. and uh, remember we had the conversation about gout. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's your claim to fame, ner- arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Uric acid, correct? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to imagine shards of glass, okay, embedded in your joints. Really? What? Yeah, and then yeah, and if you have it in your foot, go and walk around. Man, but how did this happen to you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I Isn't... I quit smoking. <laughs> yeah. I quit smoking and started really like eating, and I was, uh, you know, it's it's the disease of Louis the Fifteenth or whatever it is. And so the, you were... the reason is because they were all fat fucks. <laughs> so you as I became a fat fuck after quitting smoking, you didn't become a fat fuck. You're like, well, man, you look, you look man, like you look a, thinner than ever. I know, but I I, I gained 25 pounds. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, no shit. That's what happens. You fucking you actually put on 30 pounds. Yeah. So imagine me before, like, man, I was I, man. You were I like, was, I was an amazing. You were like Adrian <laughs> Brody in the penis. You really look like you Adrian really Brody, but you really Adrian look like Brody. yeah. And now Gus, I'm. Gus really does look like Adrian Brody. It's it's quite frightening, actually. <laughs> Who else does he look like? Homeless people recognize me as Adrian Brody. <laughs> He's kind of like a cross between Adrian Brody and Ryan Stiles from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, totally. You really you are look, a man you of You're a relatively attractive Hollywood actor mixed with probably the ugliest, gangliest guy on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ugly, man. He's, no, he's uh, a good-looking dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First all right. of all, Adrian Brody's a fantastic actor. Yes. He's a great actor, yeah. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. He's doing The Pianist 2. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Can you imagine, What's the though? sequel called, then? Pianist 2. Can you imagine if they did a sequel? Electric Boogaloo? Or? I'm sorry, but I've been thinking about like hilarious sequels since my... <laughs> The introduction of my ten-year-old joke that I am convinced is worthy of a New York writer on for SNL, <laughs> which is Kramer versus Kramer versus Predator versus Alien or Alien versus Predator. <laughs> but I've been thinking about other. Was sequels. there a Notebook too? The Notebook too? Yeah, was there a The Notebook too? There might be. I, I thought actually, there was. I actually saw. Um, I watched Team Coco a lot on YouTube. Oh my God! Did you see that Shane Torres thing? No, but there he did a spoof of Notebook Two, and it, it was him and Ryan Reynolds. You should watch it; it's pretty funny. Ooh. Actually, I did see this. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I watched. Uh, you know what? Uh, the Team Coco stuff is hilarious. That's the reason I asked you about Shane Torres. Have you heard about this comedian? Uh, no. Okay, so you guys got to check this out. Shane Torres. Yeah. He, he did the stand-up bit that I I published on my YouTube page or not my YouTube page, my Facebook page a few days ago. Yep. But he was, it was one of the funniest bits I've seen in a while. Okay. But he talks about, he's like, what does everybody have against Guy Fieri? And he's the Southern <laughs> dude. He's like, as far as I know, everybody shits on this guy for no reason. 
only because he's just followed his dreams. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he factually goes on to say, because I checked it out, he's like, Gaffieri hires people from all races and colors and diver- very diverse hiring and pays them more than minimum wage, gives them health insurance before they he needs to. He officiates gay weddings. He helps kids with handicapped kids with like computers and shit. Like he's like this guy's like wow. a fucking practical saint. And and he hilariously he's pointing this out. It's kind of like observational but he's got comedy. Horrible hair. Well, he says the reason why everybody hates him is because he's got fucking, fucking flames on his. <laughs> he looks like he was electrified while drinking <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it was electrified with Jacob Mandu. But then every, you know, everything he owns like is all hot rotted out. It's got like flames on it and shit. I thought he but, was an action sports athlete, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's ridiculous. But he's like a regular dude, right? But he goes on to say, you should check this bit out. Shane Torres, really, really funny. But he goes on to say, you know, like then we have the other side of the equation in like the celebrity chef world. We have like guys like Anthony Bourdain. Who's just like a curmudgeonly dick? Yeah, <laughs> that, guy, that guy's Rolling got a crazy Stoker. backstory, though, man. He's got yeah. a crazy backstory, but Shit. he's he's kind of an asshole. Like he's. Did you read Kitchen Confidential? Oh, multiple times. Great book. It is. Yeah, I love that book. I want to know who Bigfoot is in that yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't read any of his other books, but but you know, Anthony Bourdain is that guy that you know probably fucking spent a lot of time at CBGBs. Like, is the he's the cool asshole? He's like Mark Maron. Just not like way not nicer. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you watch like Parts Unknown? All the, all of this. Yeah, I, I yeah. enjoy it, but I, I I do find him to be like a smug dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's always doing th- like he's that guy, right? Like the way that Shane Torres talks about it in the Coco clip is, he's like, if you were in a foxhole in World War One, you know, Anthony Bourdain's the guy, like in every <laughs> World War Two movie or whatever, who always like fucking stages a mutiny and just doesn't want to be fighting. And and Guy Fieri is always the guy who like jumps on grenades saving people. <laughs> you know, like who do you want to be in a foxhole with? Guy yeah. Fieri or yeah. asshole Tony Bourdain? Can you uh does anyone have their phone here? Um I was watching yeah. one of the shows mm-hmm. and can you look this up? Is his last name actually Fairy like F E R R Y? Fairy? Yeah. No, it's like F I E R I. He's like Italian. No, but I uh, know Fieri, but I think I saw Thanks to his parents were on that show. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the credits. Thanks to you know so and so and so and so fairy. So I I'm IMDBing it. Brian Ferry. Brian Ryan or Brian Ferry. Oh my goodness. Um yeah, his last name is actually Guy Ramsey Ferry. F-E-R-R-Y. Wow, nice. Dropping knowledge time. Why did he change it? Why did he Italian aside? Man, Food Network is on that TV upstairs 24-7. The can only, we, can okay. we come to the consensus that I think everyone in the food industry is a little on the asshole side? Uh, that's a given. <laughs> Why is that? Are you kidding me? Really? Uh, everybody? I, I, uh, Man, but they generally tearing people to shreds. Every every person I've crazy. ever met, every yeah. person I've ever met working in food, is a very at best they're very eclectic. Yeah. Um, except for one person. Who? Uh, a local chef, Caroline Murphy, who I did an event with uh, about a month and a half ago. Okay. And she was actually so lovely. She's she's um, she's dating a, f- a friend of mine, friend client of mine, and she was actually the most lovely professional chef I have ever met. Everybody else, little little crazy. What about dudes like Jamie Oliver? Jamie Oliver strikes me as somebody really annoying. Well, that's what I, do, I mean. I, he seems genu- like a genuinely nice person, but everyone else makes fun of him. But you, you know? know, we should talk about this for a second because Jamie Oliver. I do watch a lot of Jamie Oliver shows. Okay. 
uh, in clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I YouTube, I you cruise, and I get lost in Gennaro Contaldo. You know the Italian guy's his friend, Jamie oh, yeah. Oliver. He, he talks like this. It's like totally like super Gino Italian, yeah. but with a British accent. Yeah. It's like uh, the best pasta I've ever had is the Jamie Oliver pasta with the carbonara. <laughs> so he goes into this like weird Christopher Walken Italian. Jamie Oliver's sidekick. We I can't like. It sounds like he's from Italy, like an immigrant. But then it sounds like he grew up in Leeds. Grew up in Leeds. We're gonna make a carbonara, but we're gonna make it with the Leeds accent. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it, it's so bizarre. I'm like, where's this guy from for real? <laughs> from the mountains of Tuscany. We're gonna make it with the pasta and the old old stuff. Get fish and chips. You're, you're starting to sound like that. Kind of sounds like Ali G. Where you're yeah, it's, but it, but it, 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 it's. He does sort of sound like Ali G a little bit, this guy. Okay. And do and uh, you know what I'm talking about? Gennaro Cataldo? Yeah. yeah. Man, he makes crazy food. So do you watch a lot of Food Network? Or? I, I, I watch Food Network, but it gets a little nuts. It gets a bit excessive. Yeah. And by the way, that's another thing Shane Torres says is like, why does everybody hate Gaffieri? He advertises small businesses on a national platform. All he's doing is helping people. He's fucking, it's true. All the guy, the, the, all the, all the guy does is help people. <laughs> why do we hate, I hate Guy Fieri. I don't even know why okay, I do. So there, there's the theme, man. Jamie Oliver helps school kids mm-hmm. by giving them fresh stuff. Yeah. Guy Fieri helps out people and everybody hates them. And What's everybody kind of hates Jamie Oliver too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So who I mean. do they like? They like guys like Gordon Ramsay. who love like Gordon Ramsay. Physically, emotionally abusive. I wouldn't be surprised if he was sexually abusive to somebody. <laughs> If okay. he was a totally Harvey Weinstein, right kind of well, <laughs> oh, the guy's been accused of like uh, of what's the word cheating on his wife like multiple times. Yeah, that's horrible. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a piece of shit. I mean, you know, everybody in a position of power seems to be. Uh, who else? Um, Tony Bourdain. He's definitely a piece of shit. Okay, <laughs> I mean, he is. Well, it's true. Calling it out. Well, fuck him. Like you know, like he's an asshole. Like he even admits it. He's a fucking dick. Who else? Um, yeah, who else do we have? Uh, what other celebrity chefs are there that are well-known? Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. Oh, Bobby Flay. Somebody looked this up. He was married to the blonde from Law & Order. And apparently he's got... Yeah, I'm serious. Mariska Hargitay? No, no, no. The blonde. Oh, Stephanie, the blonde. Sorry. Stephanie something. Anyway, he's got a reputation for like screwing his wives over and like divorcing them like Rudy Giuliani like at a press conference. Bobby Flay. Yeah. Look it up, Gus. Look it up. Can you now. confirm with me? So... Here's another one. Bobby Flay. Mm-hmm. Who else? Cat Cora. Cat Cora, yeah. She killed cats. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just joking. Mario Batali. Mario Batali apparently is a nice guy. Yeah. Apparently he's an all right guy. Um, yeah, who's the other? I'll, like, let's think about Iron oh, Stephanie, Stephanie Merch. Is Stephanie Merch, yeah, yeah, the blonde. Yeah, you're right. She uh, says loses divorce court battle against Bobby Flay. How did she lose the divorce court battle? I don't know. What was she looking for? I don't know. Let's see. I'll, d- I'll dig into it. Gus, get on that one. What other asshole celebrity chefs are there? Uh, Morimoto. I don't know him. He's probably a nice guy. Okay. Uh, basically, I'm just going through all Iron Chefs right now. <laughs> How about Alton Brown? Yeah. He's a weirdo. Well, he, it's different with the hosts, right? Yeah, I know. So he, I don't know. You, you don't really, you always see him hosting stuff. Yeah, you, know, you don't see him in the. Gus the, is nodding because he's found some dirt. Like this. Yeah, tell us. So I'll just read it right here. It yep. says a Manhattan judge skewered the former wife of celebrity chef Bobby Flay for hauling her ex to court for a pre-Thanksgiving throwdown 
over stale Food Network videos and inflated moving expenses. The quote from the justice, Matthew Cooper says, quote, these videos at issue are what? The flank steak crostini, the flank steak guacamole, and the grilled sweet potatoes? That was the quote. <laughs> As he looked around the courtroom, completely confused. It says, sounds like these kind of cases should be uh, in small claims court. And that's probably why she lost. She was wow. looking for 105 Gs. 105 grand? Yeah. That's it? For the videos that feature her with meat and potatoes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, go figure. I wonder what her net worth is. Anyway, I know Bobby Flay is like, Bobby Flay is actually dating Giada De Laurentiis now. Oh, wow. She strikes me as somebody nice. He gave, he gave, her, five, yeah, she gave her five Gs a month, by the way. <clears throat> for the rest of her life. Yeah, and she was still looking for an extra 105 on the side. Fuck, he gave her five grand for the rest of her month? I mean, for the rest, <laughs> for of, the rest of her month. Five grand a month for the rest of her life. <laughs> actually, for the rest of her life? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Perpetually? Is That's that pretty perpetually good. Means? What is that? Five in grand a perpetuity? month? perpetuity? That's 60 grand a year. It's crazy. That's pretty good. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, man. Better than nothing. You sure. I'll better I'll on being on heroin in a ditch. Yeah. I'll take 60K a year. No prob. No prob. No prob, guys. Let's go. Come on, guys. So, Gus, I wanted you to come in here uh, and talk a little bit about your life in the photography, the photographic yes. industry. I'm fascinated with this because, I mean, I, Chris, you're here every week. Mm-hmm. You're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a business. Mm-hmm. Gus, you had a business for Chris a while. Chris has got a legit business, though. That's the difference. Man, you had a legit business, <laughs> Man, too. that's you not true. It. You did have a legit business. Like, so I know that you've sort of crossed over now, and you're working nine to five. And uh, and for the record, by the way, I use Gus in my business. He is a – can I say that? You're a subcontractor. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or I refer him to clients, and he's fantastic. Yeah. You so, run a le- you you run a legitimate business. I tip my hat to you. Every time I hear legitimate business, I Thank just you. think of the Simpsons with the legitimate businessmen's club. Do you know it's like the, <laughs> the mafia? <laughs> <laughs> this is where Chris starts. Uh, it's a sign flipping so, through Sopranos reruns. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just funny you mention that because I, I right before I came over here, I was watching some Futurama. Yeah, and it was it was uh, the guy from the eighties. I've got Bonitis. What's the guy's name? Uh, oh shit! Yeah, I'm not I forgot. You know the guy looks exactly like Anthony Scaramucci or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, I wanted to have you here. Uh, you know, we had Brian on. Brian. Now we're having you on. Yeah. Because I'm full on nine to five. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's it's kind of another world for me. Uh, I don't know too much about it. So I wanted to, to ask you about that. How did you, how did that come together? And, and what's your background in photography? So scripted. I know. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought I was here to talk about space. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Space? No, Gus hates that. space, man. He won't talk about space. Hate man, it. you and I both fuck Hate that it. place. Yeah. You're talking about outer space, yeah. right? Yeah, well, just general sp- our our involvement with space. What the fuck are we doing? Can there? we talk about space <laughs> later? But first, answer Todd's yeah, token okay, okay. questions. So, anyways, what got you into photography? Two thousand three, I I went into the photo program at Algonquin. Two thousand five, I graduated, uh, moved out to Newfoundland, um, started getting into the art scene or whatever, and I kind of just started my career there. Where I was, I became the editor of a newspaper. They pretty much handed me a newspaper on the southern shore in a small little town. Placentia Bay, I believe. That's right. That's right. Placenta Bay? Placentia. Placentia. Yeah. Okay. Placenta with the I. So, so you were the editor of a newspaper? Yeah, I was, yes. Did you get like paid to do this? That's correct. I got paid. Yeah. Really? Somebody paid me, Chris. 
No, I believe it, but I'm just saying, like, how many people read this newspaper? I, uh, I don't know. We had like a third, like, you know, there was, we had 4,300 people. How many people live in Newfoundland? Subscribers. Uh, on the island, probably 400, 500,000. How about in Cornerbrook? And maybe like 28,000 in Labrador. Where's Cornerbrook's Cornerbrook? like, Cornerbrook's on the other side of the island from St. John's. Is it easy to get to? Nothing's really easy to get to in Newfoundland. Really? <laughs> Why the sudden fascination with Cornerbrook? Are you going? No, because I met somebody from Cornerbrook recently, and, and like I looked at where Cornerbrook is on, mm. on that on the rock. I know they don't like people calling it the rock, but that's all it is. It's just a big fucking rock. It's, there, it's there, a there's not a lot of topsoil. Put it that way. Yeah, there's no <laughs> soil, right? Like it's it's. So what do they build houses on there? Uh, you just kind of scrape away the the top layer and put your foundation down. So so that's how it. long would it take to drive from St. John's to Cornerbrook? Seven hours. Jesus Christ. So is it on the western side of Cornerbrook's the... on the on the west, yeah. Okay. And a beautiful marble mountain there, sixteen feet of natural snow a year. Grossmorn. Grossmorn National Park, but two hours drive north. Is it a beautiful province? Oh man, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Really? But it's just a big yeah, rock. It's, a, it's a total hidden gem of Canada. Literally you've, hidden gem. You've never been there, Chris? I've never been, but I'm kind of fascinated with this. But why don't more people live there if that's the case? Uh it's isn't it shitty all year long? No. September's fantastic. Really? Well, Can't say much for the other months. <laughs> yeah, but when was I there? I was there in August, and it was, it was yeah, incredible. Yeah, August, sure, yeah, yeah. From about the time the George Street Festival starts, you know, August, that, uh, you know, you got the, the regatta and the, the oldest uh, sporting event in Canada. Oh, yes, yes. Starting the first Wednesday in August, I believe. Well... <laughs> From then on, it's good. I've got a little bit of a George Street Festival story. Oh God! So I yeah, went. What is George Street? I've never been there. You got to. I'm going to tell me. you. I'm going to tell you right all now. Right, right. So George Street um, is sort of is a, it's not like Sparks, but it's kind of like Sparks in that it's just a, a sort of street with uh, bars on either side. It's just bar after bar after bar, and there's no like alleyways or anything. It's just stacked bar, 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 bar. This is the bar strip. Some of the bars are no bigger than this room yeah, we're in right yeah. now. Really? Oh yeah. yeah, and they just like have like. You know, there's a place called Lottie's, and they're they're famous for white Russians. And you go in there, and it's just the the bar is just filled with white Russians. Yeah, it's just Jeff Lebowski sitting there, <laughs> white Russian. <laughs> so I, I got a funny story about the uh, the Lottie's white Russians. I was down there with a bunch of political folks one year, and uh, this guy happened to be from Northern Ontario, and I took him to Lottie's because he couldn't believe that this place was about the size of his kitchen at home. Mm-hmm. So we walked in, and there's all the white Russians lined up. And the other side of the bar, there's like black Russians lined up. And he he grabs a drink for two bucks, and uh, the girl behind the bar hands him the uh, the VIP card. And he's like, "Oh, what's this?" And he looks at it, and he says, "Buy ten drinks, get one for free." And he looks at me, and he goes, "We would never get away with our fascist liquor laws in Ontario with this." <laughs> so yeah, you want, you want kind of true. Know? I don't think you'd see that anywhere. No, here. you would. You get a free drink. Nobody's giving away free alcohol, man. Anyways. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead with your. Uh... Well, I was just going to talk about when I went down there and we went to the George Street Festival. I, you know, I just wanted to tell Chris about this because it, the George Street Festival, it's sort of all of the bars open up into the street. Yeah. So everyone's walking around with their drinks and uh, pretty much every bar is full of incredible music. There's so many incredible musicians in Newfoundland. Well, forget that, the Maritimes, like incredible yeah, musicians everywhere. Um, so we went into this place. 
And yeah, uh, we were all pretty rough. Um, and all I remember is the bar closed and they're like, all right, everybody's got to get out. And I opened the door and it looked like a scene out of the walking dead, man. It was like <laughs> cops diving into fights. There were fights all up and down the road, all up and down the road. And yeah, literally cops diving into fights and headbutting people and slamming people to the ground all around, everywhere for as Weird. far as the eye can see. Weird. And I remember like our other friend, Derek, he sort of walked up and he got right in this, into this little altercation. He's like, hey guys, like, <laughs> yeah. we, why don't you calm down? Everything's I thought, I thought fine. Buddy was unconscious, but apparently Derek woke him up. Yeah, so he's, he's, you know, Derek cares about people. So he ran up and so I just ran up grabbed him by the back of his collar and pulled him out of there and then we got out but that's what you do when it rains like 15 you know days out of every uh you know 20 is that you fuck fight drink that's it (laughs) (laughs) is that really what the whole province is really what it's about but is the population increasing there or like uh i okay it may have in recent years when when i was there like in 05 it was it was kind of a different place than it is now like better or worse? Uh, it's way better now. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, it's with the because they're getting that oil money. Exactly. Really. So Danny Williams organized all the uh, probably in 06, 07 kind of thing. Danny Williams was a premier, and he was he a good premier. Well, I, I don't know if I have an opinion on that because I wasn't really there at the time. But I, you know, he was one of the first premiers to actually work out a deal where a province received royalty rights for something that existed in the ocean. Because a province only has jurisdiction up to, like, the high tide mark. So if you go and find, you know, fucking oil in 20, 30, 150 kilometers off the coast, like, that's Canada's oil. So he negotiated that Newfoundland got a, a, a royalty stake in that, which is huge. Precedent-setting shit. How did, how did he manage that? Man, he, uh, he sent a bunch of lobbyists and smart lobbyists, and uh, he, he took out... He took out, this is a famous Danny Williams thing, the ABC campaign. It was called Anything But Conservative Campaign. And it was for Stephen Harper's 2006 or 7, whatever year it was, re-election bid. And he took out a full-page paper in every single newspaper across Canada. So all the national ones and a lot of prominent local newspapers paid for it by himself and ran a campaign called Anything But Conservative. That's uh, crazy to, to kind of push back against. Uh, he the, was a liberal, right? Danny Williams, no, no, he was a conservative. Oh, he was a conservative. Yeah, yeah. But wait, I don't understand this. He was a conservative. Yeah, but he didn't like Stephen Harper. No, hated him. Why? Because Stephen Harper was the one who was uh, pushing back against his bid to maintain a royalty stake for Newfoundland and Labrador. Oh well, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he's so... the prime minister, so obviously he wanted all the the the, the rights to that federally. And Danny Williams is like, you know, he's famously wealthy guy, and he donated all of his salary to charity as, as his premier. Uh, so he was revered in the province. Oh, totally. Guy's a hero. Really? Yeah, hands down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, him and my former boss, uh, Ryan Cleary, used to organize events called like independence rallies. Um, to separate know, with, from the rest of Canada, kind of with the with the pink, red, uh, with the pink, uh, white, and green flag. Yeah, he wanted to separate Newfoundland from not, the rest not of Canada. Not necessarily separate, but yeah, I think there was there was a lot of talk of that. Yes, definitely independence for sure, because they get the bra end of the deal. Like Man, I, I won't even fuck? get into the upper, you know, the, the Churchill Agreement with Quebec. Mother, like this. I, I, you know what? I don't know if you guys have been following this whole Catalan situation in Spain. Spain, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's crazy. I was I was talking about this mildly over dinner tonight. Um about Jagmeet Singh, and I know Gus is probably in, in the in the know about this, but Jagmeet Singh is the new f- federal NDP leader. He, he Mulcair is out now, right? Are you talking about his? You're going to talk about his independent state in Sri Lanka, or like? In, well, no, in India? like well, like a Sikh first state? of all, I'm o- I'm only mentioning this because Gus is a bit of a expert on this. I would consider you to be a bit of an expert. Okay, let's see how well I do. <laughs> okay, yes. uh, but Jagmeet Singh is the new leader of the NDP in Canada. Correct. I didn't even know who this guy was until that fucking Facebook video came out where he was <laughs> that lady was going ape shit on him during that that uh, that event. Oh yeah, that was a, that was it. That, that I think that's what clinched it, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it was set up. But so smart. So Jagmeet Singh has uh, publicly gone on record and said said that he supports the right to self determination for Quebec, which infuriated yeah. a whole bunch of people. They were like, in other words, you're stirring up the separatist debate again by saying something like that. Separatism and separatism. Yeah, but you got to consider that this is coming from a guy Mm -hmm. who wears a turban. Right. And is not white. So already he has no chance in Quebec. So what's the only other way to like appease like that? That sect of Quebec would be to say to them, hey, let's start talking about separatism. So in other words, advocate for a dying... So stir up the separatist movement again by affirming it to try to get votes in Quebec? Yeah, and Quebec is complicated. And here's the thing, is that a lot of young Quebecers associate with separatist parties, even if they're not separatists. And Why? the reason is, is because a lot of the separatist parties in Quebec have a very social policy. So- okay, you know what's funny about this, though? This is what's really funny. So Jagmeet Singh is a Sikh. Correct. And he had this interview with Terry Maluski. I think it's Terry Maluski from the CBC. Yeah, and he talked to him about this, the, creating the Sikh state. I thought this is where you were going. Khalistan, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, actually, I didn't catch that. Did he ask him about that? Oh, a long time ago, he did. He, he asked him. Um, so this goes, this goes, this is like a bigger story, but this goes back to the Air India bombing, mm-hmm. where he asked Jagmeet, do you condemn these actions? And more specifically, do you condemn the actions of I think it's Paradmar Singh? That's right. Yeah, some who was the yeah. who was widely considered to be the architect of the of the bombing. Yeah, correct. And he was killed in 1992 in India. In India, yeah. right? Okay. So he, t- Terry Maluski asked him, "Do you like condemn this guy's actions?" Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And Jagmeet basically responded like, "Well, I think we need to find out who did it first. And everybody was kind of like, "Well, uh, we kind of know who did it, man." And Allegedly, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he did. He 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 sidestepped the question. Then, um, you know, I guess to everybody's shock and horror, because God forbid journalists be aggressive. Terry Maluski straight up asked him, like, "Do you support an independent Sikh state?" And uh, you know, blah 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 blah. And he basically said yes. <laughs> and then it inevitably got onto the Quebec question. So I don't know, man. So what did you think? What do I think about what? Like, well, which, what did you think part? about how he handled that interview? And I mean, what do you think of his views? Well, my personally, I, people with sketchy views freak me out because I don't really understand where they're coming from. Like, I, you know what I mean? I, 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 I was the one that said like I'd rather have Stephen Harper for another term because I know exactly what the fuck he's going to do. Whereas, like Justin Trudeau, I don't know. They're all over the place, man. 
they're 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 faking left and going right and they're, they're like head bobbing. I find this really weird. No, Todd, Todd's like kind of like, what the fuck are we talking about here right now? A little bit, but like, it's all good. Like it's good. I, I was at a happened. wedding this summer and I had a debate with a guy about separatism in Quebec because right. I was at a wedding right. with a good friend of mine who is from Mali, which is a mm. you know a former French colony in uh, in West Africa. Um, they speak French. Uh, most of the folks are are Muslim. There's a you know, uh, they're having some problems right now, but whatever. I mean, so he, uh, he's been here for a while and we went to his wedding and we got in, we got into a, a discussion because I was like, man, like it really bothers me that on this site tomorrow, there's like, you know, alt-right protests happening, you know, on, on the same place that his family flew over from, you know, West Africa to celebrate this time with us. And then tomorrow people are going to come here and say that, no, that, that, that can't happen. It's totally against Canada to me. But anyways, we, we started talking and one of the guys there supported basically an alt-right type of political party because they had like a great, uh, you know, kind of benefits plan, so to speak. Like they were, they were ultra left. They were all about like, you know, super socialists and taking care of everybody and taxing the rich and all that stuff. But they had this like, you know, we're going to hang black dudes from trees. And it's kind of like, what is happening? Really? Well, no, not that extreme, but you get what I'm going at. It's kind of like some people support these things because a certain part of their policy matches up. But me, quite frankly, I'm like, oh, if you're going to hate other people, then I'd rather vote conservative than deal with that kind of shit. So anyways, that, that's... Uh, I don't know, man. Quebec's hard, man. Quebec's a hard one, yeah. I think it's... I love visiting Quebec. Yeah, Quebec's hard, especially for the NDP. <laughs> yeah, but maybe it won't be now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Fuck. I mean, keep in mind, these are these are the people that we're calling... Like, they're having a debate right now in their uh, in their parliament about, like, not allowing people to wear uh, kneecaps and face, okay. face covering in the public you, service. Do you know what I found really that's hilarious crazy. about this? Is that when Stephen Harper was the prime minister... Justin Trudeau would eviscerate him yeah. on the, I think it was Bill C-6. <clears throat> no, no, no. Sorry. That's the citizenship bill. He introduced a bill that, I'm ignorant on this in terms of the, the specificity, but he introduced a bill that would require people who wore kneecaps and face coverings to remove said coverings when they're doing things oh, like for getting- citizenship. For citizenship or Ask health cards photos. or yeah, yeah. you know anything that you need to be visibly identified. Yeah, yeah. And then they ended up dropping that. Yeah. And now, because Philippe Cotillard is the premier in Quebec. Couillard, yeah. Couillard, yeah. And I get it mixed up with Marianne Cotillard, the actress. No, but now, because it's a liberal provincial government that pushed this law, Trudeau's like all fucking silent now or whatever. That's liberals, man. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> anyway... Um, Todd, what did you do this week? Uh, I watched um, a, a documentary that is was way too long. Uh, Why? It was called Living in the Material World, and it was about George Harrison. Uh, George On Netflix? Harrison. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about it because I had no clue. Did you guys know that he was one of the co-creators of Handmade Films? George Harrison? Yeah. No. So it started with the movie Life of Brian. Um, and the I, Monty Python movie? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think it <laughs> was. It was EMI Films 
pulled all the funding for it while they were making it. They heard what the subject matter was and they were like, whoa, we are not touching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess George Harrison and one of his partners stepped up and they created a company called Handmade Films where, and they made this movie with Monty Weird. Python. Weird. So Handmade Films still exists. It's passed between, like they did With Nail and I. They did, uh, I think they <laughs> With did, Nail and I, I remember that. They did Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, I yep. think. Yep. Uh, I was trying to think of the other Time Bandits they did. Excellent movie. So, um, and it's still going in some weird did form now. Did they do now. Excalibur? No, no. Do you want to talk about like the, 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 <laughs> It was John Borman, right? The, the, yes, the, but, but you may, I don't know if you guys have a reference like this for the 80s, but like there was a kind of a look to those British movies like Time Bandits and Excalibur and yeah. With Nail and I. And Dragon just, Slayer. Dragons. I always thought it was, I think it was, it was a Dragon Slayer or Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair was the game. Yeah, Dragon yeah. Slayer was the one with Peter McNichol. And, and Krull. Remember Krull? Krull, they all, yeah. They all had that look of like, this is clearly a fucking British production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Krull. It, it's got like a low frame rate and it's got a weird kind yeah. of sheen to the. There's a definite sheen. Everyone was shiny with bad teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Krull was awful. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Awful. Yes. Who was in that? I, I don't. Liam Neeson, for Christ's sakes, was Who, in Krull. Liam Neeson was also in Excalibur. Yeah, and so was Helen Mirren. Yes. So you're sure that Liam Neeson was in Krull? I'm certain. As what? IMDb. Oh, here we go. IMDb. I will tell you. One minute, please, and while I'm on it. It's a little before your time, eh, Gus? Yeah, no, I'm, Gus I, like man, I'm not into that at all. No? I didn't start watching movies until so I was like 24. What? Why? I don't know, man. Because you're busy. Because I was outside playing and doing shit. <laughs> he basically just said because i was doing important stuff you fat fucks oh my yeah. god <laughs> probably peter yates directed this movie um crawl who is in it let's see um we have ken marshall freddie jones lizette anthony francesca annis uh liam neeson was kegan i have no idea i i've <laughs> Beats me. I'm pretty sure I have Crawl on VHS here somewhere. You know, it was kind of a good fantasy movie back in the day. I don't know. It was fine. It was weird. It's like a weird. He, by the way, this guy, the guy in Crawl, the main protagonist, he was on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> really? Did you ever watch Deep Space Nine? No. Terrible. No. It wasn't terrible. It was pretty good. No, man. Okay. Well, I guess that's <laughs> the segue. Let's do this. Okay. Talk, oh, shit. Are we going to talk about space? We, yep. don't, we don't have to, but. <laughs> I, I love space. Man, you, you're crazy. You I guys, hate space. Okay, so here we go then. Space is nuts. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm perfectly happy to take a back seat in this podcast. But you, got, like, you guys hate it, right? Hate but Chris, it. you I agree with space exploration, right? Uh, yeah. I mean... Um, I must clarify, though. I, I, it, it's about humans being in space. Okay. I don't hate space in general. Space is cool, man. Okay. <laughs> no, I agree. Okay, to answer your question. Okay. I totally agree with you, by the way, Gus. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's it's like, right. yeah, we have to be in space. If we're okay. going to perpetuate, you know, this, not, not perpetuate the species, but continue the species okay. and grow and evolve, we must get off planet. That's like every major scientist is like, there's almost scientific consensus. Gus hates it. Look at him. Look at him. Okay, but the only thing I, I don't can't agree reconcile. with you on that point. Okay. Or or all the scientists. What do you mean? That. No, that, Man, we have to like we have to extend our planetary presence. Your Republican roots are showing, Chris. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, and the reason is is because you know 
this it scientists saying that are this like I, I don't know maybe they have like maybe they have a second degree in like economics or something that is like prohibiting them from having a normal thought but it we don't need to get off the planet if we just change the way that we're living That's okay it. so what's the likelihood that we're going to change the way we're living in a hundred years very slim yeah so that we have to get off the planet Damn also it. also i'm just going to interject with what will changing the way we live um <laughs> how will that affect us if the sun explodes well that eventually oh, will okay. happen yeah that's eventually going to happen you're right you know yeah, and like I, I don't know. I just didn't even think that we, I, I, an asteroid is going to clean us out before then, man. Like some, that's what I mean. Maybe. I'm not talking about just like using up all our planet's resources and saying like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. I'm talking about exploring so that in the case that we have somewhere to go, if they're like, hey, deep impact's about to happen. There's no Ben Affleck. Uh, he wasn't even in that movie. But just like <laughs> Armageddon's about to happen. Yes. There's no Ben Affleck. You know, what do we do? No, man, they're going to throw 26 dudes on the plane who are like the most beautiful, richest, whatever, and that's going to be it. It ain't going to be you and me and him. (laughs) What plane are you talking about? The, the plane that takes Saves people off everybody. the planet when deep impact. But I gotta just put happening. fucking attractive, good looking people on this yeah, plane. Yeah, they are. It's gonna be Giselle Bunchen. It ain't gonna be you and me. <laughs> Giselle Bunchen. You know what I find no. fucked up about well, wait, space? Wait, let me, let me just follow that up really uh, quickly. Fine. So Neil deGrasse Tyson said the only flaw with that argument about the comet and all that business is he's like, it's gotta be easier to divert a comet than relocate the human race. That's what, yeah, that's you what know? I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, so. You okay, can't. You, you, here's the thing. You can't relocate uh, whatever we're at nine billion people right now. So the the problem is not at all. We're not. <laughs> no. Be factual, Gus. Well, okay. What are we at nine billion people? No, we're at like what, what seven point one billion. Look at, we're look at seven. Up, look it up. You're only off by a couple of billion. Look it up. Here, I'll tell you. I was just talking about India. What are we at? Like eleven now. World. So okay. check it out. World population. You can't. Wait. You can't move everyone. So 7.5 this- billion people. Okay, it was off by 1.5. But I think in the next 10 years or something, it's supposed to be. Yeah, by 2020, yeah. 9 billion, man. Wow. 29 billion? No, 9 billion. Oh, by 2020. Shit. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 30 billion. Can I just, before we continue on this topic, can I tell you what I hate about space? Yeah. Okay, so this is what I really don't like. Sometimes I turn, the, turn on the ISS channel on like my box. Yep. And. I, Imagine being the ISS and like you're in that part of the I- the International Space Station. Where Is your home computer on doing uh, like SETI equations? No. What? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. SETI equations? Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Okay. But you know, like, if you're on the ISS and you just look at a window, it's like, oh, here's a window inside the International Space Station. There's like no gravity, but there's oxygen and like, yeah. you know, shit. But just like a foot outside beyond this window, there's death. Yeah. Horrible. There's nothing but black and just fucked up in this. Endless, remember endless event horizon? That's what we, yeah, dude, we've talked fuck. about this every you podcast. You watch that scene again? Yeah, yeah. but not or even. Or when the alien gets sucked out of the fucking spaceship in the, in the last aliens there, the human alien, alien resurrection. Yeah. Oh my it's God. like a vacuum of <laughs> death. Holy yeah. So it's like not even underwater. It's like, it's like, it's, I'm using like at the ass right now, but. Whatever. Okay, what happens to the human body if you just get launched, if you just get released into space? I think your blood boils. Your blood boils? Well, it, it's, it's, it sucks all the gas out of, your, out of your blood. There's a vacuum out there, man. So what happens to your body? Then you explode? No, you, you implode. 
you implode. Yeah, because every, your, your body has space in it, right? So it's like all the moisture, all of like everything, everything. gets sucked out. Well, get kind of an implosion, explosion, yeah. come out your mouth type thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just picturing total rec- the end of total recall. I don't know. Right you know what? We should Google what happens. Something. something <laughs> Google what happens to you're your body. Right, you're total like, recall. Something fucking <laughs> awful happens to you. Oh, ah, 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 Restore the end of Mars. <laughs> now get your ass to Mars. No, but I, when I watched Interstellar, I was like, "This is fucked." Like, why would anybody want to be out here? Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're at Gargantua, or, like, or oh the Martian, the, and the Martian has a thin atmosphere. That's the crazy part, man. It's like the closest in our solar system to us. That's not even the best Mars movie. Okay, what's the, the best the... Mars movie? Is Red Planet with Val Kilmer and Gary Sinise? And no, no, Tom Sizemore. Isn't I, what's the one with Gary Sinise? Oh, and Tim Robbins and oh, that's uh, Mission to Mars. Yeah, it's also not Mars. a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. And actually funny in that movie, that's mm-hmm. my reference for what happens to the human body when you're in space. Because in that movie, Tim Robbins removes his helmet to save his wife. Yeah. And, and it's always like crystals. Yeah. And you, you get crystals, all crystally. Yeah. Crystals and. It says, do, do, it says, do your eyes explode outward while your blood evaporates? Well, no. The truth is both less dramatic and far more fascinating, as we have discovered through accidents in space and in test chambers. And. God forbid, animal experimentation in the 60s. Oh. The first thing you would notice is the lack of air. You wouldn't lose consciousness straight away. It may take up to 15 seconds as your body uses up the remaining oxygen reserves from your bloodstream. And if you don't hold your breath, you could perhaps survive as long as two minutes without permanent injury. What? In if space? Without permanent if, injury. If you don't hold your breath. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so what they're saying is the first thing you should do is expand. Bell all the air from your uh, from your lungs. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not yeah. suck it. Wait, wow. you mean to tell me you get released from an airlock like an alien and aliens? <laughs> breathe out. You breathe out, and you can actually survive in space for up to two minutes. Yeah, it says if you did hold your breath, the loss of external pressure would cause the gas inside your lungs to expand, and uh, this will rupture the lungs and release the air into your circulatory system. The first thing to do if you ever find yourself suddenly expelled <laughs> into the vacuum of space is. Is breathe out. Okay, but what about the temperature? The temperature, like yeah, but that's the thing, man. Your body, your body is like we're we're warm beings. So I think I think you could take it for two minutes minus like zero kel like zero kelvin, whatever that is, two hundred and seventy some degrees below zero. Man, so they're they're and when they crystallize, they also said that the side of your face or body that's facing the sun Mm -hmm. would be impossibly burned by UV rays. And the no side protection. facing away would be completely frostbitten. Yeah, because you have no protection. There's so much radiation in Horrific. space. That's like grill and chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> grill and chill. GQ. <laughs> what the f- Okay, this Hot is blowing my mind. Treats. Hot eats cool treats to the max. And you got bar. back in that spaceship after that shit, no one would want to be with you. No. no. You're fucking no. burned to a crisp on one side and you're cold be, as be ice on the other. But it's a you, scorpion but and you fucking sub zero. Okay. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't know, man. No, but like, oh, I'm going back to the likes thing. I saw um, 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 Interstellar, and that looked terrifying. Yeah. You know the part where they're at Gargantua? Yes. And they're trying to, Matt Damon's, and he was in that movie too, yes. but they're trying to dock yeah. onto the spinning thing. And I was like, why would anybody want to be out here? Yeah. Like, you're so far away from where you come from. Yeah. It's. No, think about it for a minute. Like you even going to Saturn, movies, why? Too, like nothing's alive. Nothing. 
They, they got no plants. There's nothing growing. There's, there's not even nothing a fucking, there. Like an office plant. Yeah. The only thing that's sort of interesting <laughs> is that there might be life on Europa, that, that Jovian moon. Yeah. That's incredible to me. But I, like. It would be I, so. Such, so far away, man. Yeah, it's no, but very it's far incomprehensibly away. far. It's it's. But that's what blows crazy. me away is that you're not curious about it at all. Mm, no, no. So you Neither don't. Am I. You you guys well, here's don't want to know or don't care so if there's anything else. Out there. These poor bastards who bought into the idea of like I'm gonna be a colonizer on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. exactly how they sound too. <laughs> Those guys. I think there's a dude from Saskatchewan. God love him. But listen, the one way trip people. He's obviously single man. He obviously has no family and no, you know, nothing, I guess. But it's going to take you five years to get to Mars, man. Okay, like, you guys are good friends of mine. I think... I wouldn't be able to sit in this room for five years with y'all. Yeah. I, I would eat you. Yeah. That's a tough <laughs> guy. That's a t- okay. <laughs> Lord of the Flies happens two months I after. agree with you. I love yeah. you both, but I would be like... After like two weeks, I'd be like, fuck you in your face. And when you want to breathe air, <laughs> like feel the wind on your face, breathe air. Yeah. No, but that, I think that's a, that's a real concern is, is how do you, man, can you imagine not being able to be yourself for like even nine months, like the way, on the way to Mars? Like when the planets are at a certain uh, position is the optimum time to launch to Mars because it lessens the trip. Yeah. It's only about nine months to get there. But nine months, can you imagine nine months? Of like not being able to do things you would typically just do on your own. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that would drive everybody crazy. Like it constantly being around the same people, like hearing your dumbass jokes and fucking listening to your stupid shit. Like, you know, because that's what I would characterize after <laughs> Fuck a while. you, like, Chris. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like we've been in the spaceship for like three weeks already. Man, you, right? you would have no access to YouTube? Oh, no. We, we, we would become dicks. Yeah. yeah. We would hate each other. We'd be forced to read books. And then we'd get yeah. to Mars and there'd be fuck all there. Yeah. And then we'd hate each other. Like we'd have to support each other to like make it off the planet. And and we just hate each other. Like we, I guarantee we get to the point where like half the time we'd be thinking about just fucking leaving each other there and going like, fuck you. I just want some privacy on the way back maybe or something. You know Jeremy Clarkson? Yeah. Who's that? He's the dude from Top Gear. He's like oh, yeah, yeah, British yeah. journalist. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, he said something really interesting to me that kind of stuck with me. And it was with. Uh, he said it to you directly? No, no, not directly. Oh. Like on the TV it spoke show. spoke to you. I felt like he was talking to me directly. Okay, fair enough. So anyways, there was this uh, there was this young girl. You should, you can look her up. Right? There was a young girl, and she was uh, one of the youngest first people to do a solo um, sailing trip around the oh, yeah, Southern yeah. Ocean. Somebody McCarthy. Yeah, you told me about okay. this. Anyways, he looked at her and was like, man, you are like, you're God. You're you're a great human being. And I was like, man, was he getting as if that was my daughter, I would be really worried. But the point is this is that like Shackleton and Scott and all of those people are real explorers that have like really pushed the boundaries of like human existence. What did she do? Well, she just pushed the boundaries by by circumnavigating the, the Southern Ocean, which is like the most treacherous ocean on the it's planet. It's ridiculous. It's like a really bad ocean? Man, it's like a oh, vent horizon down there. It's nuts. It's, it's like 60-foot waves, continuous storm. Well, what does she like, do this in? A sailboat. What the fuck? Why Solo. She... Yeah. By herself? By herself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is she fucking crazy? She said at night she would put the thing on autopilot and she would just feel it feel the sailboat tipping and going down the face of these 60-foot waves. Jesus Christ, it's also th- pitch black out there at night, man. Oh, my God. That's awful. Why so, would she subject herself to doing that? Because 
it's these types of people who like push boundaries. Yeah, it's definitely like a, 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 a like a psychological profile. You and me and Todd would fail the psychological <laughs> oh, yeah. profile definitely. to go to Mars. Definitely Man, failure. I, I fucking you guys struggle with like getting up in the morning. Sometimes. I failed my blood pressure test last week. That's <laughs> definite X on the application okay, okay. for going. So to then Mars. go back to us like in a spaceship pushing the boundaries yeah. of, <laughs> of intergalactic exploration. The human God race damn failed. it! This sucks. <laughs> I, I honestly don't get that. That's like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street, you know, where he's like, there's going to be some chop. Yeah, some chop. And then it's like, it's like South, whatever, like 60 foot waves. Oh, freaking out. The guy's like taking quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got, we got about eight minutes left. Um, th- this kind of segues into another thing. I, I went for brunch with uh, Gus today mm-hmm. uh, or at his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told him if he came on, I would just say, all right, batteries, go. Uh. <laughs> what batteries? Because Chris, you you talk about Tesla Chris quite a bit. Pro, you know, pro batteries. Are you pro batteries? Pro like to you know to improve the environment and everything. You love Tesla. You do you love well, Tesla products. I, uh, I think everything's going electric now. But if you talk to anybody who knows their ass from their fucking head, mm-hmm. if all the cars on the planet turn into electric cars, like in the next five years, it would make an incremental impact on the climate change <laughs> issue, and it would make a horrible impact on our our on our in, environment in general. Once like. Say five, ten years down the road, when all those batteries don't work anymore. Yeah, what do you do with them? Can they be recycled? Uh, you can, but I, like, let's let's face it, man. The shit that's in there is like Crazy what lithium, stuff. cadmium, nickel. These are all like heavily like dirty mine, strip mine Correct. type shit. And I'm telling you right now, it ain't coming from Sudbury. It's coming you, from like fucking <laughs> Camaroon, Peru, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. Man, and, you know, and they won't be mining with electric. You, you know, it's know? funny about this. One of my clients. Shout out to one of my clients. I'm going to do a plug here right now. Company, Junk That Funk, Junk Removal Company in Ottawa. Yeah. And Corey's a great guy. If anybody has any rubbish or bullshit that they have to get removed from their homes. Check out my garage, man. Anyway. You should call Junk That Funk. I'm <laughs> yeah, serious. I'm They're really garage. good. Yeah, it's They're terrible. great. But uh, one of the things that they do are, are um, e-waste events all year long. Mm. And um, and many of them are sponsored by the city of Ottawa. Yep. And, man, I've, I've actually... I've actually gotten kind of to to um, boned up on some of the e-waste issues globally. Some of the stuff, man, in China, like a lot of the e-waste in North America gets shipped to Hong Kong or it gets shipped to Guangdong in China. It's so or horrible. Cameroon. Yeah, or yeah, but you know what they do? They just burn this shit. They burn it and yeah. try to extract things like tungsten, exactly. cadmium, um, you know, uh, lead. Uh, so th- this 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 is a perfect segue. A lot of the Rojas the, stuff, like the, the other thing that we were talking about today, was yeah. like, why is the fishery all fucked up? It's because of shit like that. Where do you, why do you think all of our fish are filled with mercury? It's because dudes in China are sitting along the side of some river, burning the fuck out of all of our e waste, and it's mercury's ending up in the uh, in the in the food chain. Yeah, but how do you get around that? <laughs> This is the whole debate we were talking about earlier. So how this do you, is going to piss How do you like innovate? How do you innovate? No, but seriously, it. how do you innovate? It. Well, here's the thing. This is going to piss you off. Technologically innovate. You're a business person. Right. And this is going to piss you off. Okay. Not necessarily. <laughs> okay, so. Apparently I'm the monopoly man, according to Justin. <laughs> I, I've been listening I'll to these guys. I'll take Baltic Avenue, Mediterranean, in exchange for Parkdale and Boardwalk. What do you think? <laughs> I've been listening to these guys fight for 20 years. So here's the yes. thing. You're a businessman, and I know this we is going to piss you off. We definitely wouldn't survive in It is not the government's responsibility to create a climate where people can just do whatever the fuck they want. I'm, I'm a true believer that if you are manufacturing 
this stuff, or mm-hmm. if you are consuming it, mm-hmm. it is your responsibility to then for, therefore pay a higher fee in the form of taxes or in the form of like the general cost of the of the device to to pay for all of this stuff to be cleaned up. That's okay. it. Wait a second. I can't I have to answer that. Yeah. So what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Okay. If you so you're not a believer in the government saying what. I'm a believer in the government making regulations that control this type of stuff, but I'm also a believer in that industry should pay to control the waste that they're producing. I don't disagree with that. Why did you assume I would disagree with that? <laughs> well, because that's a totally leftist thing, man. I, I, well, you- I don't identify as, a, as like some fucking monocle-wearing, you know, <laughs> J.P. Morgan, crush the unions guy. What the fuck are you talking You're a about? union breaker? No, I believe, I believe that the government should regulate. I believe in regulation Where's a Jimmy Hoffa, Chris? I don't fuck. Where the fuck is Jimmy But Hoffa? I also believe that you have to be results-oriented in terms of the desired outcome. And, mm. you know... In many cases, regulations work quite well if they're implemented well and if they're followed. I could name lots of regulations that do that. But with the environment, the problem is, is that the path of the the pace of technological innovation and the demand for products is is outpacing the ability to regulate. And also, we're going to remember we're all self interested, right? So, like a lot of these hypocritical but business assholes, hates regulation. The business, like American, of business? course, business hates regulation because regulation is a, is a, like a set of fucking uh, tire brakes. Like you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, yeah, but it, it's that for it's a like reason. clapping sh- shackles on you. It it slows you down. I mean, listen, if I if space exploration, you know, how do you think they get those rockets into space? I know you hate space exploration, but how do you think they get rockets into space? By formulating extraordinarily dangerous. Hydrogen concoctions and mixtures for rocket fuel. Yeah, and testing it out. Yeah, and testing it out. I mean, uh, anything that's going to get us anywhere is going to require like an expelling of energy in some capacity. I mean, yeah, but the problem. What are we? The fucking navy. We're talking about okay. We're talking about perpetuating the human race by developing our space exploration or watching fucking TV in my basement. I draw the line there, man. <laughs> yeah, you but know, your television if, if, needed if, to be developed. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Your, your old school magne- magnesium tube television. You don't need TV. Oh, so what are you going to do? <laughs> you going to read some books? I'll definitely read books. Yeah, though. where are those fucking pages coming from? <laughs> fucking Amazonian rainforest. It's coming from my Kindle. Your Fuck kin- off. Uh, and where do, wait, whoa, whoa, that's even better. Where does the Kindle come from? I don't know. How much tungsten and cadmiums in your Kindle? <laughs> There's there's no such thing but the as that screen is so beautiful. What's that Ed Begley Jr.? Who's the guy who thinks that like Ed no impact Begley. man? There's no <laughs> such thing as having no impact on your environment if you're going to make shit. No, you're right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Sorry. So that's if that's the case. So, what we were discussing today Moderator Todd. Yeah, what was No, I just <laughs> I Referee I told Todd. you I was just going to say the word batteries and shit but was going to happen. Out. We flipped no, but like, I know, I know. We actually okay, agree. We don't disagree. I know you guys agree just in different ways. Yeah. 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 So that's my question is okay, so if we flood the world with batteries, you know, all the homes are battery operated and this and that, um how do you get rid of it? Like what do you do? You were saying that you were talking about the e-waste. What happens? It gets shipped off. It has to be e-waste. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite boned up on this. Yes. All e-waste is recyclable. Yeah. Okay? Here's the thing. But there's got to be some uh, give from manufacturers. Like companies like Apple. I enjoy Apple products. Okay. But Apple's got a very bad reputation with literally gluing and cementing 
like at, like you know pr- uh, elements Pro- proprietary stuff proprietary right? stuff yeah yeah like it's very hard to disassemble an Apple phone and unfortunately when it's like that yeah. there's a higher likelihood that people will trade up the device which is exactly what they want you to do you can't there's no right. such like it becomes almost redundant after a while not redundant it's it's you know what I'm talking about like there's a high frequency of changeover yeah when things are set up that way plus the way that Apple designs their devices. They're actually more negatively impactful in the environment because of the proprietary closed ecosystem nature of the product itself. Yeah. So that's something that manufacturers have to like. Yeah, but uh, fucking you, be flexible. this is the thing, right? This is the thing about about that Apple example specifically is that it gives the it gives the uh, the vendor like that business it right. gives them an actual advantage in the marketplace. So this is you exactly know? what I'm talking about. Is like that's yeah. capitalism at work. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but the only way to get around this e-waste thing is like you need to. We need to like really pick these things apart. It's going to require a massive effort, and we need to re- reconstitute as much of this waste instead of making it go into a landfill or making it be burned. You know what? I say, fuck it. We're going to leave the planet anyways. Just get on the space. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? Right. Well, that's horrible. Well, uh, that's about the hour mark. I think. Yeah. Gus, you should come on more, man. You should come on more, Gus. You're I, a I good thoroughly guest. enjoyed myself, and I never got to talk about being a photographer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. No, we, we went on Newfoundland. Can I ask you a question? Went... Would you be a photographer in space for $1 million a year? <laughs> no. Okay, wait. Before we end the podcast, you know Felix Bam- Baumgartner? Baumgartner, yeah. Okay, that's one of those videos where that's I can't watch that shit. Man, that's incre- that is incredible. That is insane. What about no Kissinger, the dude that did it in like the sixties? That's crazy. Yeah. Kissinger, who Henry Kissinger? Kissinger. <laughs> 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 Imagine Henry Kissinger just like what's his name? <laughs> who the the, the guy the, 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 dude, the uh, guy who was training Felix? His name is Kissinger, uh, but he he held the highest jump record. Oh my god! Prior to that, so anyway, my bowels my bowels are loosening just thinking about Felix Baumgartner like sitting perching on the top what? of this fucking thing. And and then just just falling off. Is there any amount of money that you would do that for? None. Joseph Kittinger. Kissinger. Kit, Joseph Kissinger. Kit, Kittinger. Kittinger. Yeah. So it's okay. T K I T T I N G. Okay. Yeah, sorry. You I would s- you would not no. do that for any sum of money. Not a single dollar. Gus. Um. Yeah. I just had a baby last year. Yeah. Well, if I was like twenty four, I probably would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. You are you nuts? You really would have jumped out of an, a fucking weather balloon? That inter- yeah, that interests me. Yeah, but going to space does not. <laughs> you realize no, that's it's, it's, that's, in the that's the fucking weirdest <laughs> contradiction ever. No, you're right. I, I hate space, that. but I'll jump from the edge I'll of jump space. From space. I just blew my own mind. <laughs> You just blew your own mind. You know what? Maybe it's maybe I maybe I love gravity. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's not space. I really it's, like just it's like the gravity. lack of gravity. I, I would not do that if there was a gun to my head, but I would do it to, I don't know, fuck. I, okay, I can't, would you just jump out of a plane, period? Never, never ever. Ever, okay. Man, I don't even like looking down from the third floor of the Rito Center. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay, what about standing on that glass thing in, in the CN, CN Tower? Yeah. No. Not into it. Roller you coasters? No. I, I remember you on the Ghoster Coaster. Yeah, the Ghoster we Coaster. We went on the one that went upside down. That, that was, was the first time I was ever in your eyes. I took Chris on Skyline. <laughs> and, Skyline, yes. Yeah, that's the stand-up fuck. one. Oh, you remember? Yeah. I, I got feel, him on I that. I feel a little ill just thinking, just even... I can't deal with it, man. I can't deal with heights. I hate it. I hate flying. I hate flying. I don't like flying. I, I'm very uncomfortable. I went. Uh, you fly a lot, though. Not really. No. 
Well. But I, I I watched a video today on flying, and it actually made me feel better. You know the wings in a plane can actually almost be bent 90 degrees? Yeah, there's a lot of flex. Like there's a, a lot of amount of flex. Yeah, a lot of flex. They're engineered fairly well. I once flew on a plane, and the right engine went out over the Atlantic. This what? Is coming from Scotland to England, and we landed in Gander, Newfoundland. Holy fuck! What the hell were you doing yeah. in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> no, really. What were you doing in Scotland? No, I, I, we had uh, we had family friends over there. Oh, so. and the fucking engine went out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you do? I didn't do anything. What, what did the captain say? What are you going to do? By the way. They didn't say anything until we got to the ground. So you saw it happen and no one said anything? Uh, no, I didn't, we didn't see it happen. But like we had, we Were thought, you supposed to go to Gander? Did you just? No, we weren't supposed to go to Gander. We were supposed to land in Toronto. <laughs> what, did they, what was the guy saying? He's like, yeah, we're going to land in Gander. He's like, yeah, we're going to have to make an emergency stop in Gander, Newfoundland. <laughs> we're having some What airline was this? Uh, I don't know. At the time, I think it was like Ward Air or one of those, you know. Ward Air. Back in the day. What happens if an engine goes, like, how much were you able to glide? No, that's the thing is that the the plane can run on one engine. It's not a problem. Yeah. Really? It's not a problem. Really? Because it's the the velocity plus the wings. Keep in mind, man, my grandfather used to fly in a Lancaster bomber, and they'd come back missing, like, half of the fuselage. They'd come back with, like... Oh, yeah, your grandfather was, like... Wings missing. He was was in the RCAF, right? Yes. So so he was a pilot. No, he was a tail gunner. Oh, in the big bombers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, man. So... Man, that's fucking crazy. But they would I remember like sometimes the back end would be chopped off and these guys would somehow glide it back in. Like, I remember sitting at your in your basement on Plunt Drive <laughs> and then coming upstairs and sometimes hearing stories and just oh, yeah, being just being blown away at your granddad, man. Yeah, your we, grandfather was a serious, We are not real men. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're he definitely was a not real serious men. badass. He yeah. was yeah. He was good. Yes. That must have been awesome, man. Listen uh, to those stories. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely a good part about being uh, raised by my grandparents. So, yeah. We can save that for another podcast, man. Right. We're, we're coming in over. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for coming. You should definitely come back on. Yes. So, uh Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for coming, Gus. We love you so much. <laughs>